You're tuned in to RX Radio. Movement prescribed. Brought to you by Prescript.com. A personalized approach to keeping you healthy and making your best even better. Your hosts, Dr. Jordan Shallow and Dr. Jordan Jinta. And we're back. Oh, <laughs> man. My, my life is just the time in between doing this. <laughs> That's just stuff that happens. This is living. I know. People just hear what comes out of our mouth, but they don't understand that we hear that too in like a very therapeutic way yeah. with these headphones on. It's like being a kid again. It's like having walkie-talkies, right? It kind of is. It's like being in the next room with like a Progresso soup can and a fish line talking to your friend. It's yeah. amazing. It's pretty Except cool. We're doing it in like a little studio. Yeah. So much fun. Three weeks <laughs> in, dude. Yeah. Three weeks in. Good rolling. results so yeah. far. Yeah. And what I'm starting to see, and this is something that, I mean, with the lower body reset, because I think the lower body reset, I crunched the numbers a couple months ago, that's been our highest selling program to date. Yeah. Um, across platform ready, upper body reset, overhaul, uh, depending on, it's weird. You get It's so funny to see how it, uh, the midline strength program trends throughout the year. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> beach season, which is... The midline strength program, that's not, it's, it's a function program it's not first. Six minute abs. Exactly. It's, exactly. Hey, you want to squat more and your midline's the weak link? Here you go. Yeah. And the nice thing I like about that program is it's scalable too. Like a lot of the percentage based work makes it either true to your body weight or true to your strength, which I find is really interesting and unique. And because, yeah, like the six pack shortcuts, all that nonsense. Like, yeah. I feel like we should be doing the commercial in like a, a white, like Mike Chang. Remember that guy? <laughs> that fucking guy? No, the dude. Asian, the tanned Asian dude that like used to wear like the black white beaters in front of the white background and do like the real, like, uh, um, I don't know, kind of that infomercial type fitnessy sales commercial. Oh, it was the worst. Um, but no, so some of the things we're starting to see now are starting to really start to um, uh, be representative of what we've seen in the past with some of our four and six week programs. Obviously, two weeks, you know, we're not saying we're going to be doing miracles here, but uh, performance stuff that I'm getting, people hitting PRs yeah. on squats and deadlifts and some of their compound movements or even some endurance work for time. Some CrossFitters have reached out and said that because they can move more efficiently, they're actually being able to increase numbers on the platform which is yeah. that's the whole fucking point absolutely i mean this is the whole muscle doc unicorn outside the parentheses thing right what the hell are you you don't even about know what that means so if, if pain else. is your limiting factor yes you're only going to express as much as you can before that pain starts to limit you exactly right so if you take that pain away then you're going to have a more true representation of your potential with what you actually lift or your score for your Metcon. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I, fr I franned I did. I franned a two-minute. Did I say that right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a great fran time. <laughs> well, yours is what, 217, 211? I still remember that. 217? Dude, that's early days. That's like yeah, episode three shit. Yeah. That's going back. Uh, it's crazy to think how many of these we've done. It's, it's a while. we got to be coming close to 100. Yeah, soon. Oh, I think before the new year, we'll be at 100. Shit, can we get like coffee and, and donuts for 100? Let's try and get sponsored for 100. Actually, All no, right. I want to rephrase that. Let's not try and get sponsored. Let's find a cool sponsor. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like we've had people reach out and it's like, oh, really? Dreaming Elegance 23573? <laughs> How about you go fist yourself? <laughs> uh, but no, so back to the yeah. point. So some of the performance stuff we're seeing 
that's honestly what makes me the most happy because one of my oh, muscle yeah. muscle doc isms is that pain doesn't have or pain has a natural history but performance doesn't. So you want to talk proof of concept? In two weeks, people are seeing increased numbers on a bar by running their same program, their strength training program, but just adding this as an adjunct to it. Yeah. Um, and that's why we got into this, right? Like we're not rack and crack practitioners. We're you know, we're therapists that operate performance-based first because that's a metric that's not going to appreciate with some fucking know-how. Um, so a lot of people, they, they beat their head against the wall trying to get stronger, get stronger. Where you said it, it's like, you know, you just have to express the strength that you have, right? So getting into that nervous system and saying, hey, no, you know, get Gandalf out of the fucking road and say, no, you, you shall pass, right? And you can go full output on some of your lifts because you're not hesitant or reserved or governing that neural output because you're worried about end range mobility and stability causing injury. So um, some of the stuff we've seen so far and the feedback we're getting and keep sending it. I mean, the Instagram story stuff is wicked. Yeah, uh, it. Throw it up in the, um, you guys want to send us testimonial info at pre script.com. We'll, uh, we'll give you a shout out on the old website or the social medias. Um, but yeah, so this one, Mike Matthews, dude, killer. So <laughs> the nice thing about Matthews, Matthews is extremely successful. Like, but he walks into a room, jeans and t-shirts kind of guy, like super humble. So we were at this place and there was, um, there was like some big shot fitness company CEO guys walking around and I'm not going to name names, although you know me in naming names, but I love, I love a good name drop. <laughs> um, but there are some people there who, you know, they own some, uh, supplement beverage companies that are big in the CrossFit and and uh, fitness space. And they were like trying to ball out and try and like show off a bit. And I, I, I literally told Mike after this, because um, we were all sort of hanging out, I was like, dude, all I did when this guy walked in the room was I watched your facial expression. Like, I, I looked at the other guy, and he came in, like, you know, he was, all, he was all done up, and he had, like, his cool clothes on and all the trendy shit, and he was talking about, like, you know, boats and hoes, like, legitimately. <laughs> like, yeah, bro, like, just came off, like, two weeks on a boat, you know, it was, it was rad, dude. And he was, like, a little old to be talking the way he was. And he was trying, he was, he, was, he, was, he was putting on a front, if you will. And I was just watching Matthews because I know like how successful this dude is. And he's just like, if I were me, I would have just took out my wallet and fucking smacked him in the face. But the guy would like go around, shake everyone's hand in kind of this demeaning way. And he did the same thing to Mike. And Mike was just like, oh yeah, hey, nice to meet you. Like just didn't give a fuck. Like we just transcended the situation. I'm like, this guy is my idol. <laughs> like, so Mike Matthews, for those of you who don't know, um, uh, he's an author. He owns a supplement company. He owns a publishing house. He does everything. He's a business fucking mine. And so I got to pick his brain about sort of how he got started in the fitness industry. Mike is smart in the sense that he he's good at simplifying things where one would argue that me and, and, <laughs> and by extension of that, you are really good at going into the weeds and perhaps complicating things. I think it's the requisite level of complexity that people need to take it if they're trying to perform at a super high super high level right i think you need to have the conversations we have mike is more like gen pop so he's written written a few books um bigger leaner stronger he's he's all over amazon does extremely well um he's got some audio books audio books were coming out he's actually sent me the manuscript of his latest book um it's just it's it's a breath of fresh air because the stuff he talks about it's the basics it's a bit of like myth busting, but it's not self-aggrandizing. It's not, he's not doing it to show you that he knows it. He's doing it to say, here's what's wrong, but here's what's right. 
Um, so it's for those of you who are maybe just kind of getting into the fitness stuff, I would say um, Mike's Mike's books and his websites are, are really something you should check out because he doesn't really have an agenda other than educating, which, you know, for me and you, that's kind of the whole, that's the name of the game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a good interview. We talk about his supplement company, how much it costs to do supplements reputably, where some of the holes are in the industry, um, downfalls with business, some stuff like that. Um, but yeah, he's a super interesting guy. I definitely recommend sticking around for this one. Um, he's someone that we'll likely have on the show again. Not that we won't with the other people we've had, but he's, he's, I told him if he was ever in town or we were ever in DC, um, he's an interesting dude. I, I want you to get in front of him just to see. Um, but yeah, so I hope you guys enjoy the interview and check out uh, prescript.com. Yep. So we'll run, we'll run this through to the end of the month. So we got like a week left, a week left to sign up. Um, and then, yeah, we'll see what we have in store for, Jesus, December. Man. Put it on your Christmas list. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, enjoy. Enjoy. I mean, I, I give people the exclusive right to turn me down if they feel like they don't want to listen to me anymore, <laughs> rightfully so. Yeah, the art of shutting the fuck up. Yeah, it's... I've uh, had to learn that. Some of my early interviews were pretty cringe in that regard. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. See, I found... Just talking uh, too much. I just fucking talk too much. I like that, though. Yeah. So I learned how to as an, to, as an as being you know as the interviewee, it's good because you want somebody that talks, doesn't just yeah. speak in tweets. But as the interviewer, now I just like mute my mic to force myself. If I'm gonna jump in there, I have to unmute it. Oh, I say we just go full bore because that's my biggest criticism. Is like I just if I hear something, I just gotta go. I'm the same way. So well, I think it's I, the way it should that. be, man. Like I don't know. Because what if the person's wrong? Yep. They need to know. Everyone needs to know they're wrong. Because silence is is. Is complicit. Like, yeah, tacit yeah. consent, right? Um, I would say, and there's also though, like if some, if especially they take out like like Mark Ripito, right? So he comes on my podcast every month or so just to we shoot shit, right? I don't know if we should continue on with this. Uh, you don't like him? I have hard. So I am a chiropractor, strength and conditioning coach, and competitive powerlifter. Yeah. Um, I have very very um, stringent views on some outlooks that I don't see. Out of. So I mean, I, that's totally fine. Yeah. I, I, all, all I was gonna say is he'll talk. Uh, for very long periods, which is fine, but it actually can be hard as the interviewer. Like, um, I mean, I'll, what I'll normally do, normally I'm doing like over Zencaster, and this yeah. is not just with him, with anybody. I'll have my mic paused and I'll have like Notepad open because, okay, what if, yeah, what if there are three things that, you know, he said that I would like to comment on? If I'm not going to interrupt him, I might have to wait fucking eight minutes yeah. before uh, I even get a chance to say anything. Or what was the original question again? Like, yeah, what, yeah, where, yeah. where did we start yeah, this rabbit hole? Why are we even talking? This has been the, the weirdest day of podcast speed dating ever. Yeah. It's just like some Thai massage parlor. Like, hey, you two, that room. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, this yeah. is straight. Where'd you get in town? Yeah. Um, last night. First time. I was supposed to your first time. First time, yeah. First time talking? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I live in Virginia. Virginia. So that's like, oh, man, I'm so bad with US geography. Eastern. Um, it's DC-ish? DC, yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. So I live, I live about 30 minutes from DC. What brings you out here? Like, what's the go? Um, I, I really like the Mind Pump guys, and it sounds like fun, and just to meet other people. I'm really yeah. not networked in the, in very well, at least, in the, in the fitness industry, and that's been by design. Lucky you. Uh, yeah, it's been by, honestly been intentional. Yeah. Um, and, but there's a, so I'm at a point with my things where I think it makes at least a little bit sense to um, reach out to just, just meet other people who are like-minded, who I could have on my podcast. Because a lot of my podcasts are me monologuing about things. Like I'll really? do it. Yeah, I'll do Your interviews. solo act. Yeah, absolutely. All the time. Interesting. So I'll, 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 I'll do interviews, but I do more solos. And the reason why is, well, one, I, I, I like to focus. I mean, this is just me on um, 
<clears throat> okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to like talk on one topic and I want to deliver high quality information. I want it to be concise, um, organized well, whatever. And so let's say it's just something like, what was the last one that I recorded? Um, oh, I recorded one on, on body weight settling point, right? And just kind of talking about it and uh, some of the theories about it and what it means practically speaking, right? So sure, I could go get somebody, uh, an expert um, on it, or I could just do it myself and it's going to be shorter and I think it's going to be better in some ways. And, and I think from a marketing perspective, it's better uh, in that I would rather have somebody listen to me explaining it than somebody else. So well, there's it's also sustainable too, right? Yes, there's that the too. Thing. I don't have to work on other people's schedules. Yeah. I, I already, I always know I can get these X number of episodes out because I'm going to just do them myself. Yeah, and I can pick a time of day when I'm angriest and then record. Yeah, is that what you I, like? Oh, because I, I have a business partner and he's, He's definitely a worthy sparring partner mm. in recording. But the first 20 minutes of, I mean, we go in depth on topics, but yeah. the first 20 minutes of every episode is just like, all right, what has pissed me off? Like, who has pissed me off? Why is this information bad? Yeah. What's wrong with Instagram? What's wrong with the world? Yeah. Politics. And, and he just sits back and just goes, he, he'll go grab a cup of coffee. And like, I'll be in the in the studio and he'll walk back in. I'll be like, and another thing. <laughs> and then these goddamn, and he's just like, oh, for fuck's sakes, man. Can we talk about like hip stability or whatever we're going <laughs> to talk about? So I, I appreciate it because that way, that's in your mind, that's not a finite resource, right? right. Guests are a finite resource. Totally. And and, and our viewership actually is higher when we don't have people on. Interesting. There's a few, actually, the, the, our highest downloaded episode is actually one of the old starting strength coaches who agreed to come on and, oh. and get, um, but he, he held his own. He's a good dude. Jordan Feigenbaum. I don't yeah. know if you know Jordan. I don't know him, but I know of him. So, yeah. So he came on last year. Um, Seems like a good dude. Smart. Yeah. Yeah. Calculated guy. Um, just differing opinions. And I think people appreciated the the open airing out of those difference of opinions. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have some pretty strong views yeah. on, on that, that whole. Yeah. I mean, my, my stick, I've also, I think I have done a fairly good job staying in my lane. So I, you probably don't know anything about me or what I do. I was told that I had to get into a room with you. Okay. Schaefer was like, you guys got to get a room. Well, just hit record. <laughs> and that's probably because of the shit you were saying. Like I have very strong views on many different things as okay. well. Um, and, but as far as training goes and as far as my, uh, my, my journey in the, in the fitness industry goes, I'm very much in from the beginning, I, I'm serving the average person that just wants to get in shape. And that's what I've chosen to serve. So that means that I'm, mostly trafficking in things that you probably wouldn't disagree with. So, but here's like the energy thing. balance. I doubt you disagree with thermodynamics, energy, energy in, energy yeah, yeah. out. What? Stop it. What? Hey, does it fit my macros, bro? Come yeah. on. Well, the problem I have with, or the problem that I foresee with you having, because I look into that view, but I would imagine what I see is the few making the most noise in that space from a marketing perspective. Mm. And I pull my fucking hair out. Like, what do you mean? Uh, Greg Gallagher makes right. me sad to be Canadian. Yeah. I want to pull him out of his Maserati and beat his head against the Lamborghini. cement. Don't, don't, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, because well, yeah, he doesn't have any taste. Because <laughs> you're, you're only, only, only a kid buys a Lamborghini. A real man would buy a Ferrari. But a real man would train his legs. Regardless, it must be frustrating to you or someone who tries to pursue that market, which is the broadest market. Which right? let me jump in real quick. Just to, say, just to say, just to say for Greg, I know him, I'd say we're an, uh, as an acquaintance, right? So I've sure. spoken with him. I've actually given, given him some business advice and stuff. And um, I'm just going to say that I, I do think he's actually genuinely, I think he has um, good intentions. I'll just say that. Road to hell, my man. Line with him. 
I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm not going to disagree that. Sure, and I don't and, want you to be complicit with and, your silence or your agreement. But at the same time, as well, someone who's a purist, because it's like, and that was a great. But how was starting strength? Yeah. Was uh, as a chiropractor, a strength and conditioning coach, and competitive powerlifter. I don't think starting strength should put you on the wrong path to have to start over with strength. And that's what I was seeing as a chiropractor. And I understand the dissonance between what is in the book. It was almost like the Quran. Mm. Have you ever read the Quran? Mm. Just, just, you know, snippets here and there. Yeah. As, as one does. Right. But it, so like it, the Quran can say one thing and you don't, it doesn't take a decent amount of mental gymnastics to derive the crazy fundamentalist shit right. you see on the news. And it's like that same, it's the same thing. And it's like, well, if you, have you read the book and it's like, yeah, I did. And it, what I'm seeing in practice, it doesn't it's matter. Like in, what's in 1984, the book. Yeah, exactly. Goldstein's book. So for me, it's like that's the issue I have. Is like y- you need to be able to make sure that you are putting people on the right path and not getting instant gratification, which mm-hmm. is in a large way the market of novel stimulus adaptation. Yeah, that's why ketogenic and paleo are so popular because of that initial wave. You're going to lose more weight than with just like a nice caloric restricted sure. diet over time. Um, so for me, it's a matter of like. This is, and this, I don't want to say this because it's so cliched, like it should be a lifestyle choice. And I've taken health and fitness to a point where it's unhealthy. Mm. Like I, that's not, the powerlifting is not a healthy pursuit. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say try to do it at the level I do it because I'm tearing muscles off the bone. I'm Damn. breaking shit, bruised. But why, it's just, why, why do you keep doing it? Psychological health. So the health is way more than, and I think when I initially started, that was something that I, you don't think going that far is like psychologically unhealthy? No. No? No, because I think it's a challenge. Like where else, what other arena can I push that hard True. and not end up in cell block D? Right. You know what I mean? I think it's a it's a good way to exercise demons, which yeah. I think and a lot of people need exercising more than anything else. So sure. when I first started lifting, the psychological uh, was, uh, that was a sign of weakness. Like if you had to, you know, I looked at not mental disorders in general, but like, people who were of weak mind and it's like, well, they just haven't pushed themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I appreciate a lot more the gradations that exist because I know how fragile that can be. Mm-hmm. And that's something that as someone who has gotten hurt, like like a part of my quad is torn up halfway up my leg. Wow. And so, but the immediate, well, after that happened, it's like, well, fuck, what am I? Yeah. You know what I mean? I was, I'm a power lifter. I'm the big, strong guy. <laughs> how strong can you be? You can't put your fucking leg in the truck. Yeah. So I start to, it has brought me full circle back to the psychological part. Right. So for me, it's, I think setting people up to have the fulfillment pursuit of health from a whole, I just do that in a, an unconventional way. But I think if your gratification is going to be the scale or the mirror and it's, you're setting them up with a way that lines your pockets quick mm-hmm. and then it sets them up to have some sort of relapse or recourse in their progress long-term, you're doing that whole industry a disservice. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I agree. I think, uh, again, moving away from anyone individually, if we're talking about more just archetypically. Sure. And, and, and reason, the only reason, I actually, I actually intentionally, along the way, I, I don't really ever speak badly about individuals uh, in because I, I actually have found it to, for me, it feels a bit unproductive and I don't, I don't say yeah. this as a slight on, on you or, no, or no, calling. No. And there, there is a role. There yeah. is a role. It's just personally, I've always just tried to focus on, that's why I've intentionally stayed out of um, even, even weighing in on things. What out, what go going off Alan Aragon? Like, yeah, I'm not going to weigh in on that. 
Um, and I have reasons why I'm not going so on that, but I would rather yeah. just have, if I take my time and I look at, we only have so much time and so much energy that we can put into anything. I personally would rather put that time into, so I've, um, so I've written a number of books that have, you know, done very well. And I have a couple of websites that are very popular. I've done a lot of writing primarily, right? And I have a podcast that's fairly popular and a couple other businesses and things, but I've focused on producing as the best content I can produce. And so that's just been, that's just what I've always focused on. Um, even though sure, I, I mean, I'm a part of me is very critical Yeah, for sure. Um, so that's why, you know, that's why it's not that I'm like afraid to, to get in and dig in on certain people. It's yeah. just for whatever reason, I've just intentionally stayed away from it. Um, and said, eh, fuck it. I'm just going to stick on, I'm going to stick to, I will denounce practices. I will denounce, um, yeah, some of the stuff you're talking about, like if you see these companies or these types of people doing these things, fuck those people, stay away from them. Yeah. Um, and, and, and then, but I'm going to, I'm going to put the majority of my time and effort into just like showing people, okay, here's and and inevitably I'm not going to be right about everything, but I do try, I don't lie. Um, as a, I mean, I, I don't intentionally mis mislead people, yeah. and I and I do I do try to inform myself and do try to give people the best possible information I can. And I think I don't know for me, I, I don't want to. I'm not trying to draw a contrast between me and you because I feel like we're cut from the same block, and mm -hmm. I've been told that on numerous occasions from people who have we met can, you. We can, we can get into more of that. I think um, I, I think Adam's right. Yeah, it's just for me, it's like being. I don't know. I don't want to say a purist, but seeing when things go wrong yeah. and, and reverse engineering from a starting point, and how being an early adopter into this community or being uh, mother goosed into this lifestyle, this crazy industry, mm. how important that first experience is, mm -hmm. and wh where are the people who are indoctrinating? Right? What are mm. the YouTube channels that are teaching these people that mm. inevitably are leading them into my office? Mm. I'm a very I'm a very narrow lens of what's out there, but my experience starts to trend me in different directions as I follow this lineage back to a starting point. Mm. And if the starting point is a person, then I'm totally okay. Yeah. Because if you want to go toe to toe on the mechanics, if you want to go to toe to toe on how this could have been better, I learned all this shit. Mm. I chose to dedicate ten years of my life, and you know, pain is knowledge really fast. You learn something when you tear apart your VMO. You learn something when you have a, a chasm in your right pec major. You learn something really quickly, yeah. and then you can apply that. Um, I think too many people, the heaviest thing that they lift in my field is a fucking clipboard, <laughs> right? Or, um, or in some cases, something the heaviest thing they lift is their wallets from yeah. from fleecing people and over promising and under delivering on a product and then putting the ball in the court of the consumer by giving them a product that it, the results if they didn't get them are it's their fault yeah well it's like no no, no you i operate in clinical practice from a point of exclusion criteria i told people this is not the right place for you you yeah. want someone to crack your neck get the fuck out of here yeah i'm not i'm not that guy i'm yeah. not your monkey you know yeah. what i mean like I'm here because performance doesn't have a natural history. I, I turned on my backswing and my neck hurts. Like, okay, if you want someone to crack it, there's you could swing a dead cat in Mountain View, California, and hit and hit someone that's going to be able to adjust your neck, right? Yeah. But if you want to talk about why your right hip isn't internally rotating on your backswing, and that's yeah. why you're losing thirty yards, that's why you're hooking to the right. Yeah, I'm your guy because yeah. that's not going to get better in two weeks. Your neck, give it time, has natural history. You'll yeah. be all right. Put some fucking ice on it, suck it up. Yep. But for me, it's like knowing that my exclusion criteria is set and that is set from a place of integrity where everyone else's exclusion criteria is, 
What you got in your wallet? Yeah. How much you, what you got? Yeah. What you yeah. Got? You know, I like that watch. I like, like that watch too. It's like, <laughs> it's like the, uh, the business consultants that their sales pitches in a roundabout way to find out just how much room you have in your credit cards. That's that, that's that's really what it matters. Yeah, oh, that's how much it costs. Oh yes, yeah, that's how that's, that's much perfect. Money. How convenient! Yeah. Actually, three easy installments yeah. of your mortgage payment. Yeah. Uh, how did you get into this? Um, so I wrote a book back in 2012. Uh, self-published it called Bigger, Leaner, Stronger. Okay. And um, weightlifting. I mean, I started when I was 17 or 18. I play. I grew. I grew up playing sports. So I played a bit of baseball and then got into hockey. Played a lot of hockey. Oh shit! What yeah. position? Uh, center and winger. All right, as you do in the Northeast, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. I was. Uh, so I was into that, and then. When, um, when I stopped that, uh, I was like, okay, I want to keep doing something with my body. So I was like, eh, girls like muscles. I like girls. I'll just, uh, I'll start lifting weights. I see that. Wow. Yeah. That was brilliant. Yeah. That, that's, uh, I, think that, I connected, I connected. He's grinning ear to ear. Cause he's like, fucking right. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> I connected points A and B. Um, so, so just did your standard shit, you know, bodybuilding magazines and silly workouts, a two hour you know, chest workouts and whatever. Um, and, but enjoyed it and got some friends and it became just kind of like a ritual that we got into. Right. And did that for a bit. And then eventually decided to actually educate myself and figure like, okay, I mean, at least I knew I didn't know anything. I just knew that I enjoyed exercise and I looked kind of like I lifted after seven years, I guess. And I had, I had, I had uh, pecs. I'll give myself that and some biceps. Modesty. I like it. Yeah. So, um, so then, so then I was like, okay, I, I want to, take this a bit more seriously and see um, what I can actually do with my, initially it was with my physique, but can I get strong? My squat was pathetic because I never really squatted. Uh, and if I did, it was Smith machine, blah, blah, blah. Right. And um, so initially on the diet side of things, uh, it was, I mean, that's, that's pretty well taped. You don't have to go too far outside of, I think the scientific literature, there are a few, you could probably read a few reviews really um, and, and understand everything you need to know about energy balance, macronutrient balance. And, and you can go a little bit further on nutrition, um, but to go, oh, okay. Um, so here I have a few, I hear some mathematical models to estimate how many calories are burning. Okay. And then I have to actually see in the real world, I get a no, okay, good. And then I eat, oh, cool. And then I break it down into carbs and protein and fat, blah, blah, blah. And so I did that and I was like, Ooh, I got lean for the first time. I got pretty lean. Right. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And, uh, on the training side of things, ironically, one of my first, uh, introductions was starting strength to barbell training. And, uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say what I took away from it first and foremost was I should be working with the barbell more. I should be, uh, squatting. I should be pressing, um, and I should be deadlifting. So at the time uh, you're, you're not saying anything. So I, you, I guess you, you have other thoughts, but that was my, that was my initial takeaway was I was spending too much time on isolation exercises yeah. and, and no, and didn't really have any understanding of even something like progressive overload. I didn't, I didn't know what that was. Yeah. Um, and, and as far as progression models go. And, uh, so, so I, on my training, I then put more effort into barbell training, um, using heavier weights and, and just sticking with a simple double progression model. I didn't follow starting strength per se. Um, and you were, on, I, you were on a gallon of milk a day. Uh, I've written about that. It's the dumbest shit, obviously. Okay. Um, All right. So, uh, so, so, but I learned, you know, again, I was just looking for the, the 20% that gives you the 80%. Like what are sure. the fundamentals? I'm not trying to become a, a strength athlete. I'm not trying to reach your level. Um, in, in, in those terms, I just wanted to, I wanted to see, could I, could I get the type of physique that I want in terms of looks and could I get stronger and what, what will that get me basically? And so I did that for a few years and it went well. And I, you know, there were obviously 
marked changes in my in my body. And I would have uh, during that time, I had friends and family see see the change and ask, "Oh, what are you doing?" And so I would invite people to come. I was essentially their trainer, but you know, it was it was unofficial. I wasn't getting paid for it. I would just invite people to come work out with me and just break down simple things for them. And uh, this is the simple things that were working for me, right? So go through that. And uh, so there was a period, it might've been 2011 or so where I was, I was pretty lean. I was maybe seven or 8% body fat. And, you know, so by, in, by social media standards, you look really good. And, and throw a filter on it, homie. Yeah, exactly. Get the right lighting. Come the, down what is it? The, the sharp, the sharpening, yeah, uh, get that shit no all up. Idea. And uh, so, so a buddy of mine was like, dude, you should just take your shirt off and go on YouTube and sell shit. Hold on. That is not how the conversation went. Actually. That's the best friend you've ever had. Yeah, that's, that is uh, the that's, best friend you'll ever <laughs> fucking have. There's friends that tell you what you want to hear. That fucking guy's telling you what you need to hear. Uh, exactly. Brilliant. So, so he tells me, he's, he's like, uh, his name is Adam, right? He's like, dude, you just need to go take your shirt off, sell stuff on YouTube. Um, and I was like, that sounds, no, that's just not me. I, I have so little interest in that, right? And um, so, but he was kind of harping on, on that. And I was, it also just kind of coincidentally around that time, um, Amazon was pushing their self-publishing platform pretty heavily because there was a dude named John Locke who was the first guy on their self-published uh, self-publishing platform to sell a million books, right? So it was a big thing. And uh, so I heard about that and I was like, um, I mean, growing up, I was a good student. I, I liked to read and, and I actually got into writing in my previous life. I was creating employee training programs for actually a lot of healthcare professionals like chiropractors and uh, exactly. How do you doctors. go from that to writing like a I don't know. I just like, you know, I kind of liked about it actually is I would, I would also, I would go into random industries. I like learning things and I like kind of just being thrown into something and having to figure it out basically. Really? You don't say based off I, our current circumstance, you like getting thrown into shit. Into literal shit. <laughs> um, and, and so, and it was also cool that, you know, there was, uh, I had to also come out with, um, something that that helped people like be able to do a job better. It wasn't it wasn't just mental masturbation. You yeah. Know I mean? So I can argue with idiots on Twitter or something. So much um, so 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 I was, so I was like I could uh, I could get into I could write a book like that. I'd be interested in, and um, that was bigger, leaner, stronger. And so it's like all right, I'm going to write kind of a minimum viable product, a simple book that is not. Um, I'm not going to over oversell it, over promise. I'm not going to, it's not going to be marketing bullshit. It's just going to be like, here are the things I wish. Here's the book I wish I had. Someone, someone would have just given me when I was like 18. It would have saved me time. I would have gotten a lot more out of my training if we just look at it in terms of hours put in the gym, right? Um, so, I, so I did that in 2012, kind of like a nights and weekends, just kind of wrote it um, and put it up on Amazon and that's bigger than or stronger. And um, I didn't know if anybody would even care. And I think it sold 20 copies in the first month. Were you stoked? Uh, I would be fucking I like, stoked. Ah. And I was like, somebody bought my Get book. Get that first check. I'm yeah. an author, homie. Let exactly. me search my LinkedIn account. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? Oh, I'm an author. <laughs> uh, so, so, um, so that was cool. I was like, oh, somebody bought my book. That's neat. And then it sold maybe like 40 copies the next month. And I was like, fuck, more people bought my book. And I, and I included an email address in there just to tell people, hey, reach out if you have any questions or if you have any like suggestions or just let me know what you think of the book, basically. And I started to hear from people who really liked it, who had questions about things. I was like, yeah, that's a good point. Actually, I probably should have put that information in the book. Um, and so it was, um, fast forward to, um, the end of 2012 and it was selling several thousand copies a month and I hadn't done anything in the way of advertising. I hadn't done shit. I didn't have a website. I didn't have a YouTube channel. I didn't even have a social media account. Just set and forget. Yeah. It was just like, it was on, purely on word of mouth. And then I was answering emails. It, it the, that volume started to pick up to where I was spending maybe an hour a day answering emails. That was it. And otherwise I would just do my other work. And so I saw, I was like, hmm, there's an opportunity here, but I fucking hate the fitness industry. Uh, so how do I reconcile these things, right? And so initially I was like, 
I don't want to get in the fitness industry. I would rather, I have more affinity for publishing and for books than I do for um, the fitness space. So I would rather start a, a publishing company and take what I've learned. Cause over this time, over this period, I had tried a few things and I felt like I had, I felt like I knew enough where I could um, bring value to, to authors, right? So if authors had stuff that was good and worthy of being published that I could do it also in, in, and this is very true now, but that I could do it in a way that I could offer something that actually traditional publishers um, couldn't offer and wouldn't be interested in offering. Um, so, so I started to go down that road right now. It's like publishing company. Let's do that. Recruited a buddy of mine to, to work with me on it. And, and then I, I was along the way, started to look at it and go, okay, there is a big opportunity here, but I only, I'm only, I'd only want to do it if I could do it my way. Like if I can't be successful enough to, I don't need to be uh, super rich necessarily, but I, I want to uh, have a, at that time, I, I didn't, I didn't have any, when was my son it was, around so maybe my son was had a, was there he's six it was around the period where my wife was pregnant i was like i want to have a family i want to be able to provide and uh, so i need to have some some level of financial success and i would like it to be a bit more than what i was seeing for my future in my previous line of work and um if i can do that and and do it my own way without feeling like i'm just selling out and and just like you were saying, just taking people's money. I'm not money motivated enough to want to do that. That's not, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't, it doesn't speak enough to me as a person to be like, oh, I'm a fucking Lambo, I'm a Rolly and shit. Like who fucking cares about that shit? So not that we're naming names. I mean, there are plenty of those people. Yeah. yeah. Are you kidding me? That's yeah. like anybody with a Lamborghini, anybody with a Ferrari. Literally. What's yeah. the statistic on Harvard, right? Like if you've talked to someone who um, goes to Harvard within the first 30 seconds, they'll mention the fact that oh, yeah, 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 yeah. like statistically true. <laughs> uh, so, so I was like, okay, I'm interested in this. If I can, I like to write, I would like to write more books. I think that's a, a something I enjoy and it's valuable. Um, and I can write or I can create content. And if I can build a business around creating good content and I'm not interested in going and trying to suck up to other influencers in the space and beg for them. So glad you air quoted that air quotes are like how I get influencers is air quoted for sure. I just don't. Yeah. Um, so, so I was like, I'm not willing to go play that game and chase after people who are the gatekeepers and beg for, you know, my five minutes on the stage or something. I'm just going to do it if I can go straight to consumers and I can provide enough value and then I can, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm sure that I was thinking in the beginning, if I could build an author, a platform as an author and content creator, I could come up with something else that I could sell if I needed to like, there's a, there is a point where maybe books can't make very much money. I don't fucking know. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, so I was like, I'll do it that way. So, um, so I started then a, a website muscle for life and that was a blog. It still kind of is a glorified blog. It has a bit more to it now. Um, but that's where I've published probably over a million words now of articles on all kinds of things. Um, and, and I have another blog over at uh, Legion Athletics, which is a supplement company, which I would love for you to poke me on because I have good answers. Uh, and that blog also has probably at least a half a million words from me. Um, and that's, it's popular. Between those two websites, it's a couple, two to two and a half million visits a month. Um, and so then I started a podcast along the way and I've just kind of focused. I've written more books and I've sold now over a million books since I started and so I've, that's what I've, that, I mean, that's it. There's, there's that's it. that now I, now, I'm, now the interrogation close, close the casket. It's done. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. No, I, I, it's funny because a box of Legion athletics stuff has showed up on my doorstep. Oh, really? Um, somewhat, because that's the thing. I am hypercritical. And yeah. as you gain traction in, in the affiliations I have with Stanford and just social media presence, 
the DMs just get like, hey, we'd love for you to try this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think someone that works for you did that like uh, year. And I miles. Was, I was. So, I wish I could go back and find it. And I was so straight up with them. And I'm to the point of like criticism to the set, like to the point of cynicism yeah. is how I was raised. Yeah. Question everything. Yeah. And I know how the game's played, right? Like. You know what? You're gonna send a hot Asian chick a bed. She's gonna unwrap it, and then all of a sudden, she's sponsored by a mattress company. Why am I? Why? Because she has a hundred thousand followers. I'm gonna buy that mattress now. That doesn't make any fucking sense. I don't care if she has a quad tattoo. Like that's yeah. dumb. Yeah. She's not gonna come into the bed with me. Does she come with the bed? <laughs> no. Then that's. But so I was straight up with him. I was like, you know, I'm not promising anything. Yeah. And if I do say something, and if I don't like it, yeah. I'll I'll bring that. So that's a line. Like that's a risk you're gonna have to say. Not just like, yeah, bro, like. Like, just got my new stuff from like yeah, you yeah. know or so whatever the so. fuck don't even you're reading it off the yeah, off the, yeah. <laughs> what, wait, wait, what's this can't even pronounce again? it yeah lead legion <laughs> <laughs> so for and i and the guy just was like no dude like just on like no expectation i was like all right and then i heard your name and that came up again i was like i wonder if that's the same thing yeah. blue yeah yeah writing yeah, no yeah. shit yeah, wow yeah. hey nice to meet you bro yeah, yeah that's chocolate, hey, chocolate peanut butter was the whip though it's I'll, good, g- right? I'll give you that that's Dude. good on you yeah um no i wanted to get your take actually um i'm amidst the book writing process myself okay. um ebooks what is your take on the general tone because what i'm writing I think that your, your medium is your message, mm-hmm. right? And I think ebook, and this is just how I view it. So obviously, it's the right way, and everyone should fucking agree with me. I agree. That with you. ebooks are ragtag bullshit. Mm. Now, now, what do you when you say ebook? Do you mean like my PDF uh, download shit? Yeah, yeah. Which is I agree. Okay, good. I agree. And, and I figured someone as who owns a publishing house would agree with me on that. I that agree. If you don't have something worthy, like you said, and I think that's there's something. You know, Zuckerberg is not Gutenberg, yeah. right? I think there's something sacred about the printed word. Yeah. That, uh, and I don't think that's going to go away. No, and I nor should it. If anything, the the influx of shit has actually rose more cream to the top, yeah. right? Like it's it shows you now the difference in someone who's willing and able to sit down with you know, uh, an able mind, like a cognitive outlook and say, okay, where are the holes in this? Mm-hmm. Where, not just like... Because the, for the longest time when I first started, you read and they're like, oh, like content is king, content is king. Mm-hmm. And I think people conflated volume, like quality versus quantity. Totally. And it's like, you know, you're putting out high octane shit. Yeah. But you're also reaching a lot of followers. And then it comes the question of like, okay, are we pushing for social revenue or are we pushing for actual capital? And yeah. like, what are we going for followers or, or money in a bank account? Yeah. Because I see people with like a high social revenue, low interaction, where totally. it's like, narrowing that gap for me is the goal it's like yeah. relative percentages so it'd be interesting to see like or just your take on the ebook insta fit chick diet plan there was literally a girl the other day that was talking about ketosis and the goal is to shut down the krebs cycle and it's like oh so you mean dying <laughs> i like that <laughs> shut, mean, shut, that shut shit it down, down. <laughs> shut it down <laughs> <laughs> like but you know she'll put up a pdf and she'll yeah. make she'll make a couple hundred grand maybe it's not that easy, but maybe. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, they're almost looked at as, like, prize hogs, right? Like, a team will form around a good-looking sure. girl with a social media presence. And it's true. Almost like like a Donald Trump cabinetry of just, like, okay, we can have power if yeah. he just doesn't do anything stupid. Yeah. The same kind of thing. Yeah. What's your take now? Like, you've kind of mentioned that you're transitioning a bit into the fitness industry. Where Where do you see the pitfalls from, like, a marketing standpoint? Where do you see, like 
you know, the toxicity, what to avoid, what can you impact, what can you fix, what do you like, what do you don't like? Yeah, I mean, first I want to say on your ebook thing, yeah, I agree on the on the PDF. Like, I don't um, I don't sell any PDFs. Uh, I have some free books. I mean, they're like free on Amazon, free on iTunes, um, and I have some paid books. And I, I'm going to be releasing digital courses, which, in terms of perceived value, like I would say, especially someone like you, I can you obviously know things and you you have information that is. Um, I think, yeah, by if we're talking about perceived value or first impression, download my PDF probably wouldn't do it justice. Um, a book would be more fitting or a digital course, which I do think is also a cool, yeah. it's a, it, it allows for also more interactivity if you want to do some multimedia with it, which people, of course, pr- uh, appreciate. And so I would say, though, ebooks are great when they're published. Like, I, I don't think it's, um, there's any negative perception to an ebook published on Amazon, uh, which is also so you know. And this is uh, take take. We're talking about Kindle, right? This sure. Is yeah, a, yeah. So, um, so you, you could have it. You if you're going to have it, if you're going to do it well, in my opinion, publishing, you go ebook, you go um, hard copy, you go audiobook. Audiobooks are doing very well, and I don't think I think that's that's just going to be uh, that upward trajectory. I don't think that that wave has even begun to crest. Um, I mean, just look at the the explosion of podcasting and the popularity of just people like listening to things and, and reading. In many ways, is probably getting less popular. Um, at least with certain demographics and in certain genres. And I think it's, uh, I saw some statistics recently, it's getting more popular with like younger people in fiction. And so we'll see how it all plays out over time. It just makes sense to me from like an evolutionary biology standpoint, the written word hasn't been nearly around as long as hearing. It's very shit, true. Right? Yeah, it's That's very how true. I look at it. I, I prefer to read. I, I actually, I used to, so what I used to do is um, I used to download, I, I read digitally. I actually just read on my phone. Uh, it's, I'm not, it's not very glamorous, but, it's just so convenient and reading digitally allows me so I can make highlights. I can make notes. It syncs to the cloud. And then I can, uh, I'm a bit autistic with my reading system. So I like to like then pull out all of my highlights and I have Google docs for, I mean, going back years now, every book that I've read that I've liked um, that I've had any, well, actually if I have any takeaways, they come out of the book and they go into a Google doc. And then I, and then I even go through them and like, what were the real key takeaways the things that I really liked? So then if I ever want to go back one, I think it's good for information retention to do yeah. that. And then also I think it's good. Uh, it's, it's been useful for like, let's say I want to, I'm preparing for something, an interview doesn't matter. Or if I just want to go, Oh, um, you know, I want, what were my takeaways on Ray Dalio's principles? For example, I don't have to go back into the book and look it's, and I have it forever. It's in my Google doc. I can just go key takeaways and I even bold the ones that I like the most. So, um, so you can do that digitally. Right. And, uh, I, what I would do previously is I'd have the audio book as well. And I would listen to it while I would drive. I don't do that much driving. I drive from my house to the gym, from the gym to the office, office to home. And, um, and if I were, if there were points where I was like, Oh, I like that or would trigger a thought, I would pause it, wait till I'm at a red light, switch over to the Kindle. And it was just kind of a pain in the ass. But I mean, I, I got through an extra 20 to 30 pages a day. So you, know, you can't argue with results. Yeah. However, I now just prefer, I, I listen mostly if I'm driving to lectures of things that I'm interested in, like mostly it's YouTube lectures, right? So a lot of wide, wide ranging. I've heard this is where we'll actually get along. Probably. Best. Yeah. Um, and then I prefer to read. So uh, now I have, I, I just, I think it's also, it, it is better for information retention to sure. read. That's why my wife writes me a list of shit. She doesn't tell me shit anymore because it's like <laughs> in one ear, whoop, yeah. gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, so anyways, that. that's why with your book, I mean, we can always talk if you ever want to, I mean, outside of this, I can always, if you want any of my advice, I'm happy to give it. Oh, I helped, I helped Martin Burkhan. 
um, with hit, get his book out and just advise him along the way, give him some good advice. Yeah, you're gonna have to like beat me away with a stick for the rest of the weekend because I'm, I'm just happy gonna to pull help. out the MacBook and be like, all right, man, I got thirty thousand words. Yeah, what are we doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no, no I'm happy to help. So that's that. But then to your other thing. So yeah, in the in the industry, um, I mean. I think on the whole, um, I, I like that um, there does seem to be a, a general movement toward um, evidence-based uh, practices. And I know that there are, are charlatans and there are people that just use that, um, you know, they'll just say shit and throw citations up. Yeah. Not even, literally don't even know what they're citing. Neuro-linguistic programming. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I do like that uh, there are like energy balances becoming a bit more of a, of a mainstream discussion as opposed to just a year or two ago, it was like calories in, calories out is old news. It shit doesn't matter anymore. It's like fake news. It's a, a relic of our... Uh, you know, scientifically ignorant past, blah, blah, blah. And um, I like that because of the rise of new media, there are a lot of people like yourself and, you know, other guys that are here that are putting out good information and it's more and more uh, accessible. Um, and I like that that barbell, that resistance training is is becoming more and more mainstream and popular, probably thanks in a large part, I would say, to CrossFit. So, I, yes, I totally agree. And I, my my business partner, CrossFit Regionals, West Coast, like he can fucking move. And I definitely have an appreciation for CrossFit for putting barbells in the hands. I think, and I was just at Olympia a couple of weeks ago, I think all of that stands on the shoulders of bodybuilding. I think if Schwarzenegger doesn't come in, we're 30 years behind when it comes to this kind of stuff. Yeah. So where I think a lot of people are rolling out a red carpet for CrossFit and like patting them on the back. It's a good business model. Well, execution. I mean, they fucking executed totally. in the market. And now you could kind of question whether where their execution's going in the past six months, eight months mm -hmm. to a year. I haven't followed much of the... Oh, yeah. It's... Um, they from a mass populist standpoint, they may have been shooting themselves in the foot, but they'll gain mm -hmm. a bit... Because the problem I had with CrossFit is the dissonance between the sport and the event. Right. right, or like what people are doing in the gym, the workouts and the event. It's like, oh, you think you're going to go to regionals if you do a wad? Yeah, that's nah, adorable. These guys are freaks. Yeah, these girls are out of their mind. So yeah. it's like, the further that gap got, I think what they're doing now is they're trying to rein it in. It's crossing games. Interesting. So it was getting it was getting a bit too aspirate, like aspirational in a negative sense where. It's like, see those dudes? Yeah, come do this shit. Yeah, it's it's which was the it's the distance that created a gap in bodybuilding, right? Where mm -hmm. it's like back in the day, you look at Schwarzenegger, you're like, yeah, I could do that. Hard yeah. work, say your prayers, eat your vegetables, that old hat. Now <laughs> it's like, dude, I mean, some of my best friends are. We got a Mr. Olympia competitor upstairs, yeah. and Benny will give you the brass tacks of what it takes to be on the Olympia stage, and he's he's one of the more high functioning people you'll ever meet. And imagine the focus he has on business and his podcast at work now into lifting and eating. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. So it's like, that's not attainable. What, me and you? We got jobs. We have seven jobs. Yeah. How am I supposed to do that? Totally. And I think that's what CrossFit's done. It's like, well, wait, Rich Froning has to train five times a day. Yeah. You know, I got, to, I got to pick the kids up from soccer practice. The yeah. minivan broke down. What the fuck am I going to do? <laughs> so yeah, that's an interesting, it's just an interesting case study to see something and, and just the, it's like everything now. Like you can see a full life cycle of, mm. of a trend come mm. and go mm. in, in your own generation now, which before it's like, we didn't know when the ceiling was going to hit with a lot of these things. And mm. now I think we're at the point where the plateau is reached and we're starting to level off. And mm. then you see the emergence and, and people that were kind of waiting for the right time, like F45. Mm. Are you familiar with them? 
Uh, it sounds familiar. Yeah, but. it's just, you know what, group training, Orange Theory, all right, these other, sure. it's like, how can we repackage? I'm assuming those circuitry. are doing very well, right? I mean, I see them all over the place. Yeah, place. I mean, for, but the problem and the struggle and what I don't understand from like a, a conscious observer is like, heed the warnings, man. Like mm. here you have a company that was built off of a growth model and that's not sustainable when you don't have growth. So CrossFit just laid off like 40% of their Santa Cruz stuff. Mm. And it's like, those are the people that help build you because mm. you didn't have the foreshadowing. You thought the good mm. times will roll. Mm. And you realize the CrossFit games are actually putting you under 10 million a year. It's like, well, wow. yeah, you're going to need to massive restructuring. So I think a lot of companies are just- Do you think it was maybe uh, counting too much on- the games to just sell the average person on like oh this is going to be the the driving thing that gets people into into CrossFit. Gyms I think so. A couple hundred dollars a month, and that's the thing. When I ask that it might be an ignorant question. I just don't. I honestly don't know much about the inner workings of CrossFit. Well, I I've think it doubles back to it. the dissonance, right? Like if they had something that was a little bit more true to, yeah. but I think it's the one up mentality of like, what are they going to do this year? Yeah. I watched last not last year the year prior, and they were like they had like a bicycle race in Madison, Wisconsin, and they had like jump over like i don't know they were maybe two by 12s 12 inch boards placed in the middle of like some grass field and people were getting off their bikes and carrying their bikes <laughs> over it's like oh yeah, we're, the, we're talking fittest on earth here people it's almost, almost like a caricature just yeah just hop it will you come yeah. on or just run with the fucking bike on your back like one of the two is going to be way better and less pathetic than you with a visor helmet on yeah carrying your bike over a 12 inch board yeah i just think they, how does that differ from from other uh let's just say let's say major sports right you know like how many people let's say are inspired to i mean i've been into golf i mean i haven't played that much in the last couple years i was playing a bit when i was living in florida and um so look what tiger did for golf he inspired so many people um now how many of those people actually ever even had the you know a tiger's pinky where was tiger selling you a false bill of goods um is, do you feel like that's what the CrossFit I feel games? Like it is. Okay. I feel like they're again. I've, I've only selling. seen. I, I can't even say I've never watched them from beginning to end. So yeah. that might be. Well, why. I just I feel like the marketing is what made it so successful. So okay. golf's been around for over hundred. Well, yeah, like well over hundred years. Sure, in sure. An organized sport and even for more sure. So I know it's not. It's not a great analogy. Yeah. I was just saying for well, the, per, I mean, like from the point here. of a kid watching yeah. Tiger and that inspires him to get into golf and yeah. you know maybe the the kid never let's say let's say he fizzles out in college and yeah. that's the end of it for him but. Um, you know, that wasn't a negative experience. It doesn't have to be, you know what I mean? Uh, golf hurts less people and makes less Very money true. off it. It's not systematized. The PGA isn't telling you to go out and swing the clubs, yeah. right? The development is based purely off passion. Totally. Where it's based purely off profit. Right. So if they can incentivize you by um, kind of picking up pain points and mm and saying that it's going to do X and do Y, then mm. that's the, the main thing. It's like who's who looks to benefit, mm. if you will. I mean, a bit of that is going to, you're going to say, you have to say that a bit of that's good marketing. Oh, sure. You know what I mean? And there's a place for that. Sure. And that's the thing. It's like, I'm going to like use my own profession as an example. Like, I like to think that I'm a diligent and honest chiropractor. Mm. I am not a good businessman. Mm. I run a great practice. Mm. You can't see, I mean, there are people I'm sure who can. I don't have the devices to run a good business. Mm. Because I think a good business means high volume. It means high volume means you're not educating your patients mm. or you're not treating your patients or you're coming up with some systematized plan that everyone gets. It's like, well, that's not the practice I want to run because that's a business, yeah. right? So it, it, there is a place for marketing. I'd be the last fucking guy to ask about it. I have no idea. Mm. I have no idea how to make money. It, it's awkward when I take money from people because what I do, I do it for free, mm. right? And it's when you, when 
you know, who looks to benefit? Like they've just restructured. And, and Greg Glassman's thing was like, I want to solve the world's diseases. And it's like, dude, you just laid off 30% of your staff that helped you get to where you were. Yeah. Are you just lying in your pockets? Like are you pulling a Zuckerberg on me? Like yeah. you, how you putting all this stuff like, oh, I'm going to donate $1.3 billion to charity because my daughter's born. Really, Zuck? Is that what you're doing? Or you hide 1.3 from the man. <laughs> you're up there playing Farmville on Congress just giving everyone the big fuck you like you did at Harvard. Like yeah. I, I just, I don't mind people who are openly business minded. Yeah. And I almost prefer that. I do. Like, I prefer a cutthroat person because yeah. it's like I understand the, that track of mine because that's how I am when I pursue athletics, like in yeah. powerlifting. It's like I get that. I yeah. can, I can align. I mean, turn of the century industrialists. They yeah, were in many ways, uh, unabashedly merciless. I mean, dude, we are I, still human beings. Like, we're still animals. Sensitivity will be the downfall of us. So, but it's the people who try and dress it up as a as a um as an enlightened yeah or pro. help yeah you know what i mean as if as if as if it's 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 help it's mask it's masquerading as help yeah it's actually, and that's it's actually betrayal it's, whatever the masquerade is yeah it's like be upfront and honest yeah and i'm okay with that it's like you want to be cutthroat you want to make a million dollars go ahead but yeah. don't tell me you're trying to save the fucking world don't piss in my fucking cheerios you know yeah. what i mean like yeah and that's a lot of what you i see. will say though i think there's a point uh like to become, let's say, a millionaire. I, I do. You can become a millionaire helping a lot of people. Sure, hundred percent. Yeah, there is a point of that. wealth where, yeah, you probably it, unless you just like are the dude that made Snapchat, and you're like, well, what the fuck? I don't know. I'm a billionaire now. <laughs> like, dude, that and, guy bought a thirteen million dollar house sight unseen. Really? Yeah, man. My friend knows his real estate agent. That's funny. down in Malibu. I was like, yeah, sounds good. Wrap it up. Put a bow on it. Just like FaceTime into this house in Malibu. <laughs> just like aggressive wealth. I think I think they say four hundred million. 400 million is the figure. I heard, I heard this on a podcast the other day. Um, you couldn't spend more than, um, was it Peter Schiff on Rogan? Mm -hmm. It was an older episode. I think that's what he said. You couldn't spend more than 400 million. They were talking about um, uh, wealth gaps between mm -hmm. the rich and the poor. And, mm -hmm. you know, like, what are you going to do with Bezos when he has all this money and, like, how that, how that dynamic is going to work? And they said, if you tried, you couldn't spend more than four hundred million. Obviously, I mean, you could. You but could I, yeah, I get what you're yeah. saying. Like, if buying knickknacks. Yeah, you go buy some jets and yachts. You're broke. Yeah, but you know, you can spend fifty million dollars on a jet. Yeah, just I like mean, that. Well, this house has got to be seven, right? I think it's about five. It's on Zillow. Five. <laughs> Were yeah. you actually? Yeah. I like your style. <laughs> uh, but no. So I just think the yeah, there's a way to to do good and do well. Yeah, I think is the biggest thing that yeah. people should cuz people try and just do one or the other. Like I'm not hey, I'm not motherfucking Teresa, right. you know what I mean? I, and more and more I work and the more I see the charlatans who aren't helping people or masquerading as help. Yeah. Um get more of them part of the pie so to speak. It's like, well, listen, if I think I'm going to help someone more and it takes me taking their money to help them. Yeah. There's good research on that. Yeah. Actually, one of my... Well, I, mean, I think there's also something to be said for there should be an exchange of value. You're providing yeah. value. And I think uh, fundamentally, there should be an exchange. I think there's a give and take. Uh, and that's that's how it should be. I mean, that's 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 free markets, right? And sure, we have a, we have a medium of money. But uh, I don't think that people should want to get things for free, fundamentally speaking. Yeah. Well, you're not going to value it. Yeah. And, that's and also, I just think there's... Like, that's a... Um, I think it's also just important as an individual to produce valuable things. Some of the most neurotic people I've ever known were very unproductive people, mostly idle rich kids, hedge fund, you know, not, uh, trust fund kids and shit. You know what I mean? Who hadn't actually produced, forget about doing honest work, like hadn't probably produced anything valuable in their lives. 
that anyone else would say is valuable. Like, yeah, these are the these are the again the most mentally ill yeah people and 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 I've known people that they've got to a point where they can't work they can't do it they're just, just fundamentally blocked for them they hate it it doesn't matter what it is if it involves producing they don't like it if it involves exerting effort in a constructive manner doesn't nope they'll exert effort to like destroy themselves further for sure they'll go out of their way to uh, to to just yeah to to just drive themselves down further down the spiral but to do something constructive nah it's not for them how have you had to switch your going back kind of the fitness industry yeah. thing how have you had to if you had to switch your approach in marketing mm-hmm. when you what are the biggest changes if or i like, if i had to right now yeah like if you were to try and come in like with well, legion for example like okay. let's i think that would be a, a relevant talking point because how do you then take a you know straight to consumer standpoint without having to go through the route of like going on an air quote influencers Mm -hmm. YouTube channel or whatever, like what would, how would you do it different? Like if you could restructure with like the integrity that you brought to the businesses that you've made successful outside of the realm of fitness industry, but put in that insidious seedy shirtless, Mm. like in your face holographic, like how do you, how do you, how do you combine the two and come up with a strategy for this like industry? And and so let me understand your question. So you're sure. saying because uh, because how I've how I uh, at least I mean how I've how I've gotten to wherever I am now is again I've kind of followed at least I've I've followed a, a moral compass that I feel works yeah. right and doing things that I'm trying to legitimately help people and I've focused very much on creating content because I enjoy it and building some things around that that can produce more income um, you know because like free articles don't produce any income so they they can get people into things uh, uh, free podcasts they don't produce any income in and of themselves right um, so are you are you asking if I were to do it in a in a shady way how would I no 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 okay. like if because it seems like for the most part from what I see who people who do well and I, I don't want this to be a blanket statement but within the fitness or, industry or more of the shady there people. does seem to be a right. higher and maybe this is the only industry That's i know true. and that yes. relative percentage of shady people exist in vacuum salesmen i've never been into a vacuum expo i think it's a human thing it probably is okay i'm sure you got right. like the best vacuum salesmen are probably the ones that uh, generally speaking lie the most and have the chef shady little tactics and shit maybe that's unfair to vacuum salesmen but i think it's more of a human <laughs> okay thing right um but but no 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 I, yeah so um well, go ahead. I want to make, go ahead. You're going to, you're going to say, yeah, what? no, so just question. like, how, so, yes, would I do you, agree with that. how would you transfer over? Like, yeah, if you were to try and like, let's say you just want to own the space, like you want okay. to come into the fitness industry okay. and, but uh, do it in, with integrity, do it with integrity. What marketing or what do you see right now? Maybe that to contrast, like mm-hmm. what are, um, like the practices that you see currently that you go never in a million fucking years yeah. would I do that? Um, so one would be also for what's, we can take Legion. Um, one of the things that makes Legion at least unique is that I spend a lot on my products and from a business sense, uh, I spend too much. The margins are not where they should be to hit. So let's say if my goal was to not just maximize, uh, immediate gratification, not just maximize Lambos and Rolexes, uh, but, but so let's say maximize sale value 
right? There are certain metrics that you're supposed to, you know, your businesses, let's just say, let's look at profitability, right? Percentage of revenue. Um, in, in, in standard business, 10%, if 10% of your revenue is profit, at the end of the day, when you take out all your expenses, think of that as your owner, as the owner, what you could take, or you could reinvest in the business or whatever, right? That, that's not very good, actually. That's, uh, yeah, if, if it's like a multi-billion dollar public corporation, that's different. But in a, in a closely held private company with revenues, uh, even going up into, you know, the, the high eight figures, 10% profit, the 10% net is like, eh, okay, that's that's okay, I guess. Um, if you were if you were talking with let's say private equity people, right, 15% they'd be like, that's good, that's a that's a solidly profitable business. 20 plus percent they would say that's very good, right. So I, I actually didn't really know that or think with that initially. So with Legion, I was kind of naive in a sense where I was like, I just want to make good products. I want to make this. I want to scratch my own itch. I want to make the shit that I wish somebody somebody else would make, right? Stuff actually worth taking. Um, and I want it, I want it to be, I don't want it to have a bunch of artificial stuff. Not that I'm like super weird about it, about that, but I just generally speaking would like to have as little chemicals in my body as possible. Um, so, uh, and, and I want to, I want to work with, um, somebody very smart and that knows a lot more than I know about supplementation. Um, and so that's what I want to do. And so I went and found, uh, you know, examine the website, right? Yeah. Um, do you know Curtis? Yeah. Do you know about Curtis? No. It's funny. A lot of people they don't know. Um, examine normally is associated with Saul, right? Uh, the if you know, I mean, he's like more the face of the founder or whatever. But yeah. but Curtis was the co-founder, and Curtis was the brain. I mean, Curtis is the lead researcher, writer. I don't know how much they've done since he has left. He works now actually full time with me on creating content and formulations and stuff. But he's the dude that put together most everything you read on examine. Uh, he is at a pharma D level understanding. This guy knows so much about supplementation and biology. It's, uh, I mean, I don't even, yeah, if I ever have any questions about that, he's the guy to go to, right? I mean, he's personally studied, um, over 40,000 papers. He said like in his, in his course of seven or eight years of putting examine together and, and had to collate and database. And I mean, the amount of work he has done is ridiculous, right? So I forgot, I found, I got him early on to, um, work uh, and just create formulations. I mean, he couldn't have any official association with the business because of his work at Examine, but it was okay if, you know, sure, he would make me formulations. It was just an agreement though that I could never mention his name basically. And I never even actually took credit for the formulations. I, I said, I, I work with somebody who knows a lot more about this than I do, very smart guy, but because of his work, um, he doesn't, he, he can't be associated with any supplement companies. That's all publicly. Yeah. Um, and, and so got a super smart guy. And what basically, so we would start, we'd go, okay, multivitamin, make me the best multivitamin you could possibly make. Forget about cost. Who gives a shit? Um, uh, what, what would that look like? So he does that, right? And then we get it quoted and it's $70 a bottle. Like, all right, that doesn't work. Um, so, so, so that we go from there and go, okay, can we have a breakdown of where, what are the cost drivers here? And inevitably it's like, okay, so now there needs, it's a cost-benefit analysis saying what we're not willing to do is, and here's something I would not be willing to do, is like uh, pixie dust our shit with tiny dosages uh, that are completely ineffective, one-tenth of the clinical effective level, let's say. So then I can just bullshit in my marketing and say, oh, look, it has, you know, um, CoQ10, and CoQ10 does all these awesome things, and or PQQ or something, um, oh, but I'm not telling you that it has like two milligrams, yeah. when it should have 200 milligrams. Um, so inevitably, what it would come down to is, sometimes we could trim, he, and this was Morgan in Curtis's realm, he'd be like, we could trim 
this to the lower end of the clinically effective level, and I and I and I would stand behind that personally. Um, this ingredient we're just gonna have to get rid of, and it's a process, right? And so in the end, though, what I have is I have products that have. I mean, my my greens uh, cost me almost twenty dollars a bottle to produce, and I sell it for like forty. Mm-hmm. And you go, and that is. I should be selling that for probably eighty to a hundred dollars. Really, by Markups. standard, yeah, no shit. Because because of the amount of, uh, it's a very competitive space, and the amount of advertising dollars that are spent in this space um, forces you. I mean, advertising is is in many ways a very scientific activity, and the people that can get out there and get seen the most and heard the most and get the most impressions have a huge advantage over everybody else simply because it's a lot of advertising is not to sell you right now. So, you know, if, um, in my podcasts, I just plug my own stuff. I don't, I don't promote anybody else's shit, right? It's not about, so if I'm talking, you know, they're quick plugs. I don't, it's maybe 15 seconds or something. And I want them essentially to just know, Hey, um, take the protein powder. You know, here's what's special about it, blah, blah, blah. It's not so much about getting people right then to go buy protein powder. What I want is I want that when that, when, when Mr. or Mr. or Mrs. Listener, it could be a week later, thinks, maybe I should get some protein powder. Who do they think of first? Because that's probably who's going to get their money. Um, I hope they think of me. I hope they think of like, oh yeah, Mike was talking about, I'll, ch- I'll check his stuff out. So a lot of advertising is just about getting that repetition. So you get mind share when, when the, when the need arises, you're the one that's there, right? Um, so those, those margins, a lot of what, you know, here's the standard supplement game is you make shit products, because you can't make a good multi multivitamin for five dollars, you can't do it. So let's say let's say you're gonna be really generous and go eight dollars, right? And you're gonna sell it for fifty, which would be okay margins. Five or six times markup is considered okay, right? Um, and and if you're gonna go retail, by the way, you can forget about that shit because it goes through wholesalers who want their margins and retailers want their margins. Um, the only way to take like my products, I don't think they'll ever work. They'll never sit on a shelf because the money's not there. Yeah. Even if I were to try to cut the middleman out and go straight to the vitamin shop and try to negotiate a deal. Um, it just would be, it's unlikely because they would be like, okay, so we only have so much shelf space. If we give you this shelf space, every bottle of your shit we sell, we're making less than we could just sell this other shit. And we don't care what's good and what's not good. Yeah. We want money. So we're going to other shit. You know what I mean? So going into it, um, I knew that, but what I didn't know is, uh, that, I didn't realize that I was financially hamstringing my business in a sense, mm-hmm. and and it's okay. I mean, Legion Legion is doing is doing quite well, um, at least in terms of revenues, and it's my it's it's relatively profitable. It that's been an area of uh, it's been a problem. You know what I mean? But for me, I say, well, okay, fine. Um, I'm I'm not buying a new Lamborghini every three months with uh, with most supplement dollars, but yeah. I, I have something I can stand by, and there are ways you know things probably can be improved. And I've been able to contribute a lot in the way of promotion that Legion, quite frankly, would not have been able to afford. It wouldn't have been able to afford me if if uh, we go back to the beginning, um, and if I would have been paid a fair market rate for all the work that I've done to promote it outside of my salaried work in the business. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you know, there's something that uh, I'm not willing to do is go. Well, I want that net um, to be 15 percent at all costs. And that means let's start cutting, cutting products. Let's start cutting shit and yeah. let's bring my cost of goods down. I probably would have to ca- cut my cost of goods down in half really across the board. Yeah. It would have to be certain products are okay. Nothing great. Certain products are really not good in terms of, but it would, if you look at it just on a balance sheet perspective, it would probably have to come down by 50% to meet, uh, you know, the, what would be considered good standard best practices as far as business goes. 
Um, and I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? I'm okay with that. It's not a, it's something again that I would rather not have the business than do that. Honestly, I'd rather delete the business than do that. The fact that you can delete it and you have other revenue streams, right? Is that make it, is that give you a leg up on people that that's I think their so. only? I mean, I think so. Yeah. Because yes, that's true. I mean, I, I, I do well with uh, books and we have a coaching service, which uh, does very well. And I mean, I, we get a lot of, it's pretty cool because we have, it's a very high touch hands-on service. It's very customized and personalized. We have a good, a lot of good success stories. So um, that makes some money as well. So I have other ways that I can make money. And so in a sense, yeah, I don't need Legion. Um, of course, I, I do care about it. And I have... Um, I have a family and I have also some personal goals that over the next three to five years I would like to accomplish that do have a financial component because, you know, going all the way back to when I got into fitness because of, I, I didn't, I never, I don't plan on this being my only thing for the rest of my life. And there are things that I'm more interested in, 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 in just as a person than fitness, honestly. Um, and in some ways I, sometimes I feel like I'm kind of wasting my, my time in, in, in a way where like, I feel like I could do something that's more impactful and more meaningful to me as a person. And I don't say that to trivialize what you're doing or I'm doing yeah, anybody. Yeah. And, and, and again, I have, uh, I can at least say that I have helped a lot of people and my work does continue to help people. And I'm proud of that. Um, but for some reason, I don't know that I can't, that feeling just is what it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? What's a day look like for me? Yeah. Um, Cause like I do, I, I thought I had all the businesses in there and you just kept going. I was like, Jesus I'm making me what the fuck. Like, how do you, how do you prioritize? How do you parameterize like that many responsibilities? Cause once I heard family, it's like, I have a, I have a four-year-old German Shepherd. I can leave him in the kitchen, drive up to San Francisco, <laughs> and have a nice dinner. Four year, four four hours later, I can come home and child services is waiting at my door. Yeah, exactly. totally acceptable. Yeah, throw a family in on top of that. Like, what's like time management? What's like a routines, habits, schedules? Like, what are things that you try and? How do you keep all the balls in the air? Yeah, I mean, um, so so if we're talking about just like getting granular. Um, so I, I, I'm very, very much a routine person. My friends joke, I'm a robot, blah, 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 whatever, right? So, so I wake up uh, between 5.30 and 6, and then I read. That's the first, I like to, I just get, um, you know, 30, 45 minutes of reading time in. So I have an infrared sauna. So I like to just go in the sauna and read. That's the first thing I do. Um, and, then I, and then I get my food together. I mean, I put it out the night before, but, and then I go to the gym. So I work out early, um, which I enjoy. I think it sets a good tone for the day. Um, sure, if I trained in the afternoon, I might be a bit stronger, but I'm not too concerned about that at this point. Um, so from there, you know, I'm at the office and um, I'm very task oriented. So I like the getting things done system, right? So that's just a book, Getting Things Done, David Allen. And I don't follow it to the T, but I do like uh, a number of the principles in terms of organizing tasks. And so um, I, I know exactly what I need to be doing every day. And so I have my my high priority tasks. I don't, I don't, I've tried like time blocking. I've tried different things um, where I'm very specific from this time to this time, I'm gonna be working on this, from this time to this time, I'm gonna be working on that. And I found that I don't mind that, but I didn't found I didn't find it It really added much in, in the way of value. Uh, what's, what was more valuable for me is just priorities. Like what, do I, what are the things I need to get done today? And for the most part, I'm able to just work on those things. And uh, those priorities are driven by, um, I guess you could say, so we have our own terms for them, but 
you have at the top a more strategic overarching plan, right? So for each of the businesses, what are we trying to achieve? And we, we go quarterly um, and we do sketch out a bit further, like we get very specific on the next quarter and, and a bit less specific with just kind of like some of the, the milestones that um, we would like to achieve in the, in the following quarters, but never really going out more than a year in terms of detail, um, just because I've found that things change too much. You, you can waste a lot of time, you know, getting very OCD on your planning and then breaking those plans down into like actionable, you know, you could call them programs or, or more specific, like, you know, the overarching plan, this is what we want to do. And then how do we actually do it? Right. Um, so from the overarching plan comes those more, um, itemized, more detailed, what needs to happen for this to get done and who's going to do it and then start working out deadlines. Um, and that is, uh, I've again, toyed around with different things, but I, I have a simple little spreadsheet that I keep where it's like, um, on the, on the X axis is you have the, the dates, right? So you have, I do weekendings. And then on the Y axis, you have for the business, each business and like the key projects I'm working on. And, uh, and then I, because I have these action plans for each of them, where do I think things can like fit in? So I start really looking at, okay, by the, by weekending blah, I think I can get the, the milestones one through three done on this guy. And then I can get this done on this guy. And then this, this stuff done on this guy down here. And I don't think I can commit to more than that. I've made the mistake in the past where I'm like, my appetite is bigger than my ability to execute. And so I try to stay conservative and I would rather get to, you know, the maybe uh, one or two days before, because I do work a bit on the weekends as well. So it's not my week doesn't actually end on Friday, but I'd rather get all that shit done and have a little bit of time to spare than be like, fuck, you know, now I have to rejigger things. Yeah. Um, and, and so, so yeah, I mean, it, it's, there's nothing, there's no magic to it. It's kind of like, think of it as in terms of training your programming. It's just really laying, uh, or for like programming your training. It's very, it's very just laying it out and taking that time, which I don't even particularly enjoy. I actually am much more I like to just get in action and do things. And uh, so I wouldn't say that it was it's necessarily difficult, but I don't enjoy it. I just do it and and find that it's helpful enough that it's worth uh, worth doing. And so then, you know, we're coming down now back to the day is driven kind of by like, okay, week, what's I have a weekly list. I use Trello to organize my um, all my tasks and things. Um, so I have my weekly list based on my spreadsheet of like, okay, what are the things I need to get done this week? cool. Um, I'm going to do this, this, and this today. And then I have my daily list and, and then I just run, uh, use a Google calendar for if it's podcast interviews or calls or things I need to make sure I don't forget. Um, so, so yeah, so it's just working until, I mean, I used to work a bit more. Um, although I, I still work a fair amount. Um, and you know, I, I most days end, let's say earliest would probably be six 30. So I'm at the office, maybe eight 45 or something after training. Um, and then latest is seven 30 or eight. And I used to work more at night, but now with two kids, um, it just you doesn't happen. You got to go home and go to work at that point. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. There's, there's no more because I'm I coming home and I'm, you know, I make dinner. Um, in and because my wife we have we have a, a six year old um, boy and and he's chilly. He at this point is fairly autonomous. And then we have a one year old girl, and so you know, one year old needs a lot of. Uh, you just have, you can't. You, they're 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 always there and they always need something, and so it's making dinner. And then putting Lennox, my son, to bed, um, getting ready for bed myself, and then hopeful, hope, hoping that Romy falls, Romy's my daughter, falls asleep fairly quickly. Um, and then so my wife, Sarah, and I can have some time together. 
and then it's in bed uh, by 10. And I miss the days when I used to be able to go to bed at 11.45. My alarm is at 6.30. I'd fall asleep in like five minutes and wouldn't wake up once. And, and that was it. I'd wake up you know, a little bit before my alarm every day. I would, that's about, it was my natural sleep cycle. If I didn't, I didn't even, whether I set an alarm or not, although the last year and a half, my sleep has been hit and miss. So it'll be good, it'll be bad. And I don't know if that's in partly due to um, higher levels of stress, I guess you could say, because things, I do have more on my plate now than I did then. Well, one-year-old, I would imagine, would contribute. I know, I just, I, I, I still ref- kind of have a hard time accepting that though. You know what I mean? Because what does that fucking mean, dude? Does that mean, one, I don't, I don't psychologically feel stress. I don't have, I don't think like symptoms of anxiety, for yeah. example. I'm a pretty chill dude. I just kind of do my thing. So um, what does that mean? That like physiologically, I, well, I just are not you a, waking up in the middle of the night? Um, yeah, but it's not that, I mean, it, it started before that. That wasn't, yeah. it wasn't why. I appreciate I mean? that that's not your knee jerk reaction though. Cause so many people try and go like, oh, it's the fucking outside kid. of themselves. And it's just like, you know, just shit happens. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it, 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 what does make sense to me is higher levels of, I, I don't even like to use the word stress. Cause I think of stress more as honestly in a more positive than negative light, but I would say I would say annoying and irritating problems that I would rather not have to deal with because I feel like they're kind of a like it's fine. You got to deal with them. You know, there's been personnel issues in the business and things yeah. that I'm like, fuck. It's just I could have I could have written another book in the time that I put into this stupid shit. Yeah, you start writing emails, going these words are way better utilized somewhere else. Exactly. Yeah, yeah or 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 you know discussions and all kinds of shit. So um, there's been a bit more of that and. And that's my best guess so far. Does that come with the territory, though? Probably. Right? I would I mean, that's imagine. Like, that's so cliche, right? Is the, I mean, the, the hard-charging, you know, uh, CEO-type guy who has, is an insomniac that's and can't mo- sleep without No money, no problems, homie. That's what, it is. <laughs> that's what it's all about. What's next? What do you got on the schedule? Are you Spartan this weekend? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to do, um, I'm going to go on Joe's podcast today at three. Okay. And then I have a couple other people to interview liaising with the Spartan uh, guys, Charlie Engel and Brian Dickinson, and then a couple other things here. Yeah. Um, and I'm just doing what I'm told. Smart man. You must be, you must be married. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> right? Happy wife, happy life. Uh, now Although I could, learn, I, could, I could do better to, to learn that just because of my personality. Oh, really? You run into issues as well? Yeah, yeah, well, We sure. have much to discuss off air, I think, because I'm pretty sure my wife only listens to trip me up with shit that she can yell at me at home for. Like, <laughs> And at minute seventeen, you said this. What's that supposed to mean? Like, gosh, shit. Do any people actually? I th- to maybe this? I'm actually lucky. Well, fortunately, most of my podcasts are too. It's me just monologuing on something, so there's nothing. I, it's not. It's, it's all calculated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it it lacks the spontaneity that can get me in trouble. It's like I'll say things, and it's like, oh, that's a night on the couch. Yeah. That's definitely a night on the couch. Well, where can people find you? I mean, I know you're out of DC, but yeah, like, yeah, on- online. Mus- muscle muscleforlife.com is the best place. Muscleforlife.com. Okay. Uh, kind of a glorified blog, but. I mean, if if people like what I'm saying, they'll probably like the articles I have there and then they can check it. Podcast out. link through yep. there. Mm-hmm. Awesome, man. Yep. Well, I appreciate your time. This was kind of, we just got thrown into this. Yeah, yeah. No, thank um, you. But yeah, I'm sure we'll have much to discuss on the weekend. Absolutely. Cool, man.